0: You're listening to Coding Blocks, episode 178. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you like to find your podcasts. And uh, hey, while you're there, if you would uh, leave us a review or give us a thumbs up or a plus or, you know, whatever they do. Yes. And while you're up there, visit
1: us at codingblocks.net while you can find our show notes, examples, discussions, and more. And you can send your feedback, questions, and rants to comments at codingblocks.net.
2: And uh, we got a Twitter at Coding Blocks. If you, uh, you know tweet us what you're working on and stuff, we'll uh, take a look, retweet uh, all that jazz. Also, if you go to www, uh, www.codingblocks.net, I think you have like, like
0: three too many W's to that. There's a few W's. Yeah, you're going to have
2: to set that up, Alan. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> In case everybody's <laughs> listening. We got social links there at the top of the page. With that, I'm Joe Zach. I'm Michael Outlaw. And I am Alan Underwood, the
0: controller of (laughs) CNames. Subdomains. That's a CName record. This episode is sponsored by Datadog, the cloud-scale monitoring and analytics platform that unifies metrics, traces, and logs so you can identify and resolve performance issues quickly. And Shortcut, formerly known as Clubhouse, you shouldn't have to project manage your project
2: management. All right, and tonight we're talking about uh, the aftermath, of the CB j- j- Jam Twenty Two. Uh, but first, a little bit of news. I like how you put it as like
0: the aftermath because it was like just so uh, you know, tearing of your soul to like get it done. Uh, it was so much pressure and stress, you know, it was.
2: It was for a lot of work. That oh, was yeah. if you're participating in. Them. Yeah, it definitely uh, <laughs> took a toll on my marriage and life. It was difficult for me to watch.
1: <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> Next time we are going to have to go somewhere so that we could all do it and not have the the eye of Sauron or our wives on us, right? So,
0: yeah.
2: Yep, yep.
0: Yep. Okay, so uh we do podcast reviews. Like people leave us reviews and we are always appreciative of it and we try to pronounce the names Unless they're just symbols, and then I guess I I'm gonna say that this one is supposed to be elements. Oh yeah, yeah,
2: I see it. Okay,
0: elements, man, elements. Where's the T? There's
1: no T, but elements That's what it would be. Hmm. Yeah, okay. In elfin in Elfin scripture. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so I see uh, a lira in there, a dollar sign. There's some. Is that a pound? Yeah, a pound. Yeah, a couple yeah. of those. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you can't. You can't possibly
0: get onto me for my pronunciation of that. I, we, none of us are wrong. There's no wrong answers here. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, you can't just like put symbols there and, and like get mad. At him. No, I think good. I, think I like it. Good. it, it, it you, takes you for the Yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. You get to see
1: what. oh sorry
2: all right well in addition to this episode uh we also cut together a video of all the top games so if you want to go and just watch what all and see what all the games look like also uh, spend some time talking about uh basically all the top games we're going to be talking about tonight but you can see everything all the games on youtube we'll have a link on the show notes here that you can uh use and and by we we definitely mean jay-z so. Yeah, totally. Yeah,
1: we don't want to shortcut or shortchange him on this. He made an yeah. amazing video, put some time into it. So, Pretty yeah. good video. Pretty yeah, good go video. check it out. It is good. Well,
0: now now he says that. Like, I got to, like, yeah, we got to take it down a notch. So we can't give him, like, too v- he- v- too much of a big head about it. Yeah, so we made it. Um, but Yeah, let's go back you. to the we. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so well, what about uh, we start this uh, – retrospective game jam retrospective that's what we should call this episode that's good um with like lessons learned
2: yeah and this time uh i did things a little bit different like after the last game jam i think we had an episode kind of like this but this time i thought i'd kind of pull back the curtain and talk a little bit about what it was like kind of just putting together an event and and running it so the actual lessons here uh lessons learned here have more to do with just kind of putting on the event and so i thought it might be interesting uh to kind of hear about uh, you know, maybe not. Hopefully, hopefully, it's a great episode. Let me know. <laughs> but uh, how
1: about selling yourself short right there at the beginning? That was good. Yeah,
2: yeah I like to make sure that. Maybe you know, you'll I'm like this those, like,
1: episode. I don't
0: know. Maybe. Maybe. And and if you do, cool. But you know, if you don't, like, don't hold it against me. Right. Yeah,
2: exactly. You've been warned. <laughs> uh, so the first thing I kind of uh, learned this year that I didn't really grok last year, but itch.io is really a social network. Everyone who participates, everyone who submits a jam has to sign up for an account, and then you can follow those people. So if you think they did a, a cool job, you can follow them. If they say that they got their assets from somewhere and you like the art in the game, you can go follow the person that made the art or the music or whatever. And sometimes they sell stuff. Sometimes they put stuff up for free, but it's just kind of cool. It's a cool way of like keeping in touch with people that you think do really creative and cool things. Uh, Like-minded so was really cool. people. Like-minded people. And yeah, I mean it's like we'll get into the games later, but so many games are just super cool. So I, I um I went through and followed a bunch and I i don't know remember when I started, but somehow I missed this totally last year that you could just follow people. And so uh plan on going back through and, and following some more. Um but yeah, it's just kind of like a, a realization to think it's like, oh, that's exactly what this platform is.
0: Yeah, I wonder uh, now, because we talked about the other game uh jam platforms. Now I'm kind of questioning if they also are,
2: uh, you know, game social network type of, uh, setups. Yeah. yeah. We definitely looked at a couple last year and I honestly, I don't even remember. It, it's just so dominant in this space. Uh, I don't even know of another one, another one, honestly, at this point, like offhand, I'd have to you know search for it. Well, we definitely talked about a bunch of them,
0: yep. uh, back in like 19, 20. I don't even remember. We've been recording for so long.
2: Like who yeah, knows? Right. I haven't left this chair in years. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, this is um, we we collected some better stats this year. And so, this is something that we kind of knew, but I just hadn't really seen it. Um, You know, first jam I ever did was last year, and this is the second one. So, browser based games. This year, we had uh, 44 playable games out of 46 submissions. There were two. One got disqualified. I don't even know if you guys saw it. I don't know if we talked about it. No. Um, Someone else flagged it. I don't know if Itch flagged it. Or if a person flagged it, whatever, but it got removed, and I didn't even do it. Uh, flagged but the, for what? Uh, so it had been submitted to basically every game jam uh, <laughs> okay. the time. Okay. So I don't know if it was a bot. So you know maybe Itch did it, but uh, it was it was an old game, and I actually looked at the game. It was like it looked like a clone of somebody's repo, and it even had like information about like. The other person, and like the repo, looked like it was years old and had just been submitted to like every jam in the last couple of weeks. Okay. So, I didn't bother looking at that one. And there's one game that just uh, there was a problem with the upload and it couldn't get to run. I've checked about it out a few times. It's still not runnable, so that's unfortunate. So I don't I don't know what that game was like. So 44 playable, but out of those, uh, actually, this is yeah, out of those 40 were browser based so you can play it in the browser without having to download anything which definitely the recommended way to run as a user because you know you don't have to worry it's a sandbox you don't have to worry about it deleting all the files in your hard drive or installing a key or whatever um but also uh in terms of getting votes and feedback on your game you absolutely want to target the browser because if you look at the the number of votes and number of comments for games and just sort by like say number of votes or number of comments You know instantly which ones are not browser based because they're all the way at the bottom and like a fraction of the interactions that everyone else got. So just a you know side effect. What stinks is the games run much better if you download them. So you know that's that's the deal though.
0: Yeah, but like you were saying though, there's the risk of you know there's a lot of trust if you're gonna you know if you're gonna download that and run it on your main computer. Now if you have like. A you know, sandbox computer that you could run that on that you don't have anything of value on, and then fine.
2: But yep, absolutely. Which yeah, I, well, I don't know why you would do that unless you're planning on judging a lot of games in a short period of time. Right. Which I guess it's worth it. But yeah, just a target for the browser if you want feedback. Definitely recommend it. Uh, so here's a point. This is more kind of almost like a general kind of entrepreneurial whatever. Um, writing text and communicating with people is is really tough. Knowing. How often to communicate. And even like uh, if something, you know, you think about changing a date on something. Like you think about giving a little more time. Like you want to be fair to people. You want to let them know. But you have to weigh that decision with the overhead of actually trying to communicate it. Because it's so easy to uh, word things poorly or cause more confusion by making updates. So sometimes if like if you're not happy with something, it's an hour off or whatever. You're probably better off just leaving it because you know, the email, you know, for some, um, first of all, most people aren't even going to open that email. Second of all, when they do, it just kind of causes some confusion and gets weird. And so you have to be careful with, uh, you know, making updates. And so it just, it's kind of funny to think about text being this kind of living document and like maybe some people read this variation of the text. Maybe some people read it after you fixed it and, you know, trying to decide whether or not to fix you know, problems with copywriting and knowing how often to send and have you driven people nuts? Is it worth sending another email blast to let them know that, you know, it's this time zone or that time zone or, you know, whatever.
0: Well, I reworded that because, because in the notes there you had copywriting and you just said it, but really we're talking about writing copy because I don't want to get it confused with the copyright, uh, you know, from a legal perspective, again, just illustrating that writing copy is hard.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's
1: it's like the it's like a completely it's like flipping communication on its head from communicating with teams versus communicating with large groups of people that you don't necessarily know, right? Yep. Yeah. It's it's interesting. So you almost want to under communicate a bit uh, totally. just just to keep the like you said, the, the confusion or the churn or or the additional questions coming in, right? Yep. Yeah. It's interesting.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's tough, and so, especially if you're trying to fit stuff into a tweet and you want to be precise, you want to be, you know, correct, but you also, you don't want to spend the whole tweet like being pedantic about, you know, whatever. So it, it's just kind of difficult to to communicate. And so, you know, that's why I write, write with computers, you know. <laughs> um, play testing. <laughs> so um, lots of games are, I don't know. What I wrote my notes here are really messy, but there's two kinds of playtesting that I wanted to mention. One is playing your own game while you're writing it. One thing we noticed, and like everyone mentions this, and people mentioned the same exact thing last year, the games are frequently way too hard. Right, especially if you think about people playing 46 games or whatever, 44 games.
0: Yeah, because you end up playing it over and 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 over while you're doing the development of the game. Yeah. That you're like, you're pretty good at it. Yeah. You, you figured out and you're like, Oh, well, let me add this one more. element. But, but like, you know, you spent like this game jam was four days long. The previous one was three days long. Most people aren't going to spend three days, three solid days of playing that game. You know, uh, you just from a game jam, you know, like, maybe once you know you keep polishing it and it becomes like the next call of duty or whatever but you know in a game jam like we're not i don't think we're expecting that lo- that caliber of game so you're not going to get 3 days 3 solid days worth of gameplay out of it from someone else yep
2: no, and there's are, some really excellent games that I saw that had really cool stuff that happened in the later half of the game but it was hard to get there so I hate the idea of like they're being, uh, you know, there is almost like this kind of thing where you want to have the, the end of the game be the coolest. It's got the most stuff going on. You know, like everything is building up to that moment, and it stinks when most people don't get to see everything that you worked on because they couldn't get past, uh, you know, some earlier level. So for game so,
0: jam games, just make them easy. Focus on just like make it easy and winnable, and fun.
1: So I guess here is the question though: Are they hard because? it's just a hard game, hard puzzle, whatever. Or is it just because mechanics typically aren't as polished as well in a game jam game? Like, did you find any kind of balance in terms of
0: why they were hard? I know. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say from my perspective, it's, it's a mixture of things because sometimes like just trying to figure out the objectives can be, can be a challenge. And then there's also, you know, the mechanics of the game, like, what buttons do I press what keys? Cause some, some will have like, you know, instructions and it'll either be like, you know, spelled out within the game or it'll be like on the landing page of the game where it will tell you like the details of it and objectives. But then there's some games where like, uh, you know, and, and I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not saying this to fault anyone. Uh, you know, it's not like even my own game was better at, at doing this, but, um, you know, you, you get caught up in the development of the game that sometimes you forget about, like, it's so easy. It, it Game development's like every other game, uh, type of development. It's easy for you as the developer to just assume things, right? Like, right. you don't intend to, and so you're like, oh, everybody's going to know that these are the keys, or this is the objective, or whatever,
2: yeah you know, I don't think I said it in the start but like uh, the all the games are fantastic so I don't want to sound like I'm being negative oh. at all like yeah I mean every every everything was just awesome but it's just these are some kind of observations like after the fact like so these are things that I'm like I'm gonna try and get into like the text for next year's game jam for example to kind of encourage and steer things you know that if I'm seeing common problems like they're probably gonna be problems next year and like maybe there's a sentence or maybe there's a way I can phrase things to kind of help that a little bit. Yeah,
0: none of this is directed at any one game. This is Absolutely. like, this is like constructive criticism for like, you know, anyone developing a game ever to be like, Hey, you know, these are, these are things to consider. You know? yep. yeah.
2: Oh, and playtesting. testing. Uh, I revised my game several times after submitting it, after people kept saying, it's hard. It's still too hard. It's still too hard. <laughs> it's still too hard. And every time I thought I made it better because I could beat it, you know, with my eyes closed, and uh, yeah, so um getting that feedback like outlaw and out and uh our friend John uh, did a lot of feedback and was like, Oh yeah, of course. Oh my but God. it just when you when you are spend so much time with something, like you know it inside and out, you know every little thing, you don't think about that user experience and someone who doesn't know anything about your game. Oh
0: that first one, man, I like I I don't know how you beat it. I I still <laughs> you have don't. To play
2: it perfect. I still don't. Yeah,
0: yeah it, it was it was you could not afford to m- miss a single opportunity. And win the game, yep. right? You yeah. had you, if you had to get one it of perfect. those Astra
1: or one of those rocks flying. Yeah, yeah.
0: It was basically like imagine you're playing Mortal Kombat and <laughs> you don't win unless you get a flawless victory. Right. If your you get a flawless playing. victory, then you win the game. But also, by the way, we're not going to call it flawless victory because like you just simply won. Like, don't be special. <laughs> yeah. Don't
2: think you're special because you did it flawlessly. You're not. Right. And also, you've never seen a fighting game in your life. <laughs> it's like completely foreign, right? Yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. And you know, you'll see like the, um all the top games like that is the number one thing they had in common is they had a great focus on the user experience right, right. from the get go. A good ramp up. Every single one of them uh, had that had the users kind of in mind from right from the get go. So that was really cool.
0: I mean, I don't know that we've talked about this yet, but man, the submissions were so good. Like I don't know yeah. if you were playing again, but. Some of these games, like there's some serious talent that is participating in, in this game jam that submitted games. Yep. Because like some of them, I know, I know Alan too was questioning this because some of these games you look at, it, and you're like, you did that in a weekend.
2: Right. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah I went and looked at it several of them because I was like, no way. And uh, so uh, we've got some stats we'll talk about in a minute, but sometimes it was a team of people. So there would be like three, I think the most I saw was four people uh, working on one game. And you could tell that they all worked to, together really well. And, you know, each each people, each person did their part really well. And it was really great. And there were also times when it was fewer people. Uh, but I would go back and, like, look at games they've done for other jams. Or sometimes they have Twitch streams or whatever. And be like, oh, wow, uh, they're actually super good. Or you can follow them on Twitter. Um, <laughs> and just see, like, hey, this is what they're doing this Saturday. And it's something that looks really amazing. So it was really cool. We had a, a great mix of – there's people that have never made a game before. Yeah. There were people that were students. I think I saw um, one that was like a like pre high school student uh, <laughs> made a game. That's amazing, uh, super cool. And there's some people that are like full time game devs. So you know it's a, a wide variety, and it was really cool. No matter what, um, there's something absolutely uh, there were many things to love about every game. Uh, duration. We kind of mentioned this already. Is basically uh, you know you really want to aim for a really great. I would even say try to make a game for a really great minute. <laughs> they try to have a really great two-minute experience maybe. If you try to make a 5, 10, 20 experience, most people are not going to make it that far.
0: Well, what if you had like 600 hours of content in your game?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> you should sell it. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> right? Let's yeah. be
0: honest. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so uh, a lot of games are really good. But um, I, you know, when it comes to a game jam, you got to think like most of the people voting – uh, probably also made a game and they're go around and giving feedback, which that was my heart, by the way, it was so cool to see like people who were games going around and playing other people's and playing, you know, submitting really good feedback. So that just, that was good. You know what uh, I don't remember seeing
0: this year that I remember from last year was multiplayer.
2: Yeah, I didn't see any multiplayer.
0: I think we had, if I remember right, there was at least one multiplayer submission last year.
2: There was, uh, and it was an NPM car racing game and i got it working locally it was exclusively a multiplayer though so i like i got it kind of working locally and <laughs> I was like kind of like trying to race myself it's pretty be funny so
0: you yeah. you had like two keyboards two
2: computers set up no i would just go to different w- the, like one window and then go back to the other one <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was cool it was a cool game though uh, time zones definitely it's so hard to say it's this date to that date right because like when does that start when does it mean does it you know bias whatever so this year what we did is uh you know i'll Al already mention it we kind of did four days but it was kind of like a quiet four days so we said it started from january 21st to the 24th but it opened at uh midnight gmt so you know utc whatever so the earliest to possibly be and then it closed i forget what times i, I might have done pacific in the u.s so it like opened at midnight and it closed uh you know on one time zone and close in another which like how confusing is that right what a terrible idea and it was so hard to communicate that but i what i wanted to do was like try to just be as forgiving as possible so that, you know i hated the idea that maybe someone was going to miss a window because they thought it was their time zone or whatever so i tried to kind of like open it wide on both ends just to be more forgiving and error in the on the side of being more open but it's constantly a pain, and you know, I would do things like hey, game jam starting in six hours or whatever on Twitter, but it was hard to just say like the date because it was always so confusing. Because,
1: yeah, where, where are you, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, so I still don't know how to, to solve that. And, um, what I don't know if you know,
0: is, but we, we did a whole episode or yeah. three on like why dates are hard,
2: absolutely. And what's funny is, uh, itch.io, uh, you enter the date in your time zone, so I created the jam so it was in eastern time zone and it was really difficult for me to try and get that because I had to go you know do a little bit of, you know it's not exactly hard math but I had to set the times weird so like every time I would look at the page it always you know the times and everything when things would start looked funky
1: yeah because uh, you're doing mental math to try and get it back to UTC so you UTC were yeah. zero y-
0: yeah you were setting it to UTC time in in, in eastern time t- <laughs> right
1: yeah. Not easy. Okay. So it was like uh, it's like, again, it's PM not hard. It's like 20th. you said, it's not hard, but anytime you're having to do math, it's like, uh, you yeah. just want to look at it and know. And it I, just bothered I, me. I, every I time.
0: carry the one. <laughs> right.
2: You know, I'm telling all these people, hey, it starts on the 21st. And then I go to the page and says it starts on the 20th at 7 p.m. And it's just like,
0: ah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, no one complained about it. So, uh, you know, hopefully. I that was okay. I
0: think just communicate it all in UTC. Let's just standardize the world on UTC and be okay. done with it. Like, and
2: then also store the offsets for, right? So yeah, we know right. how late you're working. That's right. <laughs> Not that that matters. Oh, and I should I should mention too. Same thing last year. You know, we talked about people spending all all weekend making the game. I definitely did, but there's lots of people who like did, what they you know took a couple hours on Saturday and submitted on Saturday, and that was it. And you know, and it's always incredible it to see those submissions. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere fantastic. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, wow. Oh,
0: my. You did that in like three hours? Really? Yeah. That's all? That's all it took yep. you? I would still uh, be working on that.
2: I, now, I did notice. Um, so, I did go through and look at how many uh, projects were uh, explicitly set up as uh, submitted as a team and how many weren't. And we had uh, 16 teams out of the 46 submissions. Asterix. So, Yep. Uh, but it's still, it's like a third, which is way yeah. more than I expected. Yeah. Which I'm, is putting really cool. a, I'm
0: putting an asterisk on that with
2: a footnote. Yeah. I know what your footnotes <laughs> wouldn't be, but why don't you share with the class? <laughs>
0: <laughs> share with the class. <laughs> okay. Thank you, miss teacher. Uh, <laughs> no. Cause like, cause like you put you, you, you made me put, uh, me as a contributor of yours, but I didn't write any of the code. You did all the, all the heavy lifting you did but all you the work you
2: provided the soul you provided more of the value Mm-mm. so i spent more time but yeah, you you spent a lot spent, of time you put more value into it mm-hmm. cuz like when i look at the game especially like the the art style that i kind of like went with was like this weird kind of really um uh, almost like kind of like a modern like washed out very cold looking game and then outlaw did all the audio mostly you know pew pew ah! get out of the way Oof, like mouth noises Uh, but also some rocking guitar tracks and uh, yeah it was it was really amazing and but it provided so much soul that it made the the graphics just didn't fit very well so i wanted to redo the graphics but i just didn't have time but without that i mean it it was just like sterile and boring so i was really happy to list you as a collaborator there so
0: 15 teams
2: is the Uh, takeaway 15 so some of them were about a third uh, were teams. And even that, communicating that, you know, I talked about how, how it was to, to write the text to, like, let people know it was okay. And it just doesn't make it easy. The way you have to uh, add collaborators on there is um, it's kind of convoluted. Like, one person basically has to do the submission, but then uh, you can go and add collaborators, and then they have to go uh, approve it. So it's like this multi-step process. So that might there might very well have been more teams, and you know maybe I missed it. They put it in the comments or something, or it was in the credits of the game. And I just didn't log it. Um. So yeah. Uh, how much is too much? I don't remember what that was about.
0: Oh, okay. maybe like in terms of like uh, how much you plan to take tackle within the game. You know, like because mm. you, you know it's really easy to like have this like pie in the sky kind of view of like you know what you want the game to be rather than just kind of like narrowing your focus down and like getting those mechanics down pat focusing on that like couple minute really good experience rather than saying like okay first level is going to be well but wait because there's an epilogue level and then before that though you really gotta go through a training module yeah now you get through all that you're into level one Yep. And then in level one, you're going to fight this boss, but he's not going to be that big a deal. Cause when you get to level five, like, you know, you, you're, it's too much, <clears throat> you know, especially for a game jam game. You know, these yeah, are supposed to be like quick development, have fun, you know, crank out something and, you know.
2: Yep. And like we kind of, I think I started saying it and got distracted, but basically most of the people voting uh, submitted a game too. So this is, you got to think, you know, they're, they're tired. They're also playing as many games as possible to give as much feedback as possible so yeah, they don't want to spend ten minutes with each game. You know that's four hundred and sixty minutes, right? It's uh, a lot of minutes. For yeah. we've done this is the second year we've done this,
0: and both times I forgot just how much time I needed to to set aside to play the other games. Not even yeah. not even time to like forget time to like actually try to think of something constructive to say about the game. Just to, the time to play the game. Right? Cuz mm-hmm. like you said, like if you sp- if you spent just 10 minutes playing each game out of 46 games, that's 460 minutes. And then like, you know, you want to like write something. Some of the some of the things that people wrote, I mean, they wrote like, you know, yeah. a dissertation about somebody else's game with like really good constructive stuff. And you're like, "Oh, that's that's pretty detailed." Like Yep. You know, I mean, they probably spent 10 minutes at least writing writing their feedback on it. If they did that, that's another 460 minutes per game.
2: Yep. Oh, you know, there was a funny phenomenon there and there, too. I wanted to mention um, them. Have you ever noticed that the things that you like the most are sometimes the things that you'll complain about the most? Like, this is something I do. But, uh, it, like, pick a TV show that I didn't really care for, and I can't tell you much about it. The 18. But you asked me. Yeah, see, I, I remember the music, and that's about it. I <laughs> didn't really like it. But you asked me about a show that I like, and I can tell you 20 different things that I hated about it. Just hated, but it's because I cared. It's because I got put a lot of attention. It's because I yeah. thought about it a lot. So tell so me, you'll your,
0: see. Tell me your 10 things about Gilmore girls. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, the, the witty banter. uh, Lorelei cracks me up. There's something about her just, just facial expressions. or she smiles, I smile.
0: Oh, I'm like um, really surprised he came back with a name.
2: <laughs> I can't remember the other one. No, Alex Bledsoe, something. Anyway, I've never uh, watched yeah, the so, show. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh you're missing out uh, <laughs> so the point was that a lot of times um, like people who got like the some of the most constructive feedback it, like you would think like if you see someone writing three paragraphs about what's wrong with the game you would think like oh you know like, at a glance you might think like oh crap that, that person you know skewered them right the, the feedback was really rough but then you read the feedback you realize like oh it's because this person obviously spent a lot of time in this game and really yeah. thought about this stuff and right. so like it's kinda almost like in a weird way, like the worse the feedback is, the more uh the more better <laughs> the the person really enjoys your game because they It's not the even the worst, right?
1: It's the, the more critical feedback you get indicates that hey, you you were hitting on something,
0: right? Yeah. They yeah. spent the more feedback, time in it. Like yeah. the amount of time they spent in the game is probably, you know, relative, which now makes me feel bad about the feedback I said. So I wanna change that. <laughs> uh yeah, less is more. And so the less feedback equals the more time spent playing the game. Uh.
2: Yeah. And obviously it's not always like that, but it was just kind of a funny thing where I were we're like, um, you know, so sometimes you would see like paragraphs written about games that were like almost perfect, like perfect, you know, just like fantastic games and three paragraphs about how the audio was a little too loud when you jumped backwards or something, you know, it's like right. pretty minor qualms, but just funny, you know?
0: I, I can't wait till we get to the to the talk about some of the speci- game, specific games later, but yeah, I'll, I'll hold. Yeah, my, I'll bite my tongue for now.
2: Yeah, we'll be going through the top games later. Um, oh, one other thing I want to talk about too is uh, all the games are you know really fantastic. And it's really hard to to kind of rank them and it makes it competitive in a weird way, which I don't love. But uh, one thing I did notice this year in looking at the uh, the voting, I think a lot of people. Uh, sorry, my phone is buzzing. Hopefully, that's not coming through. And fix that. No, it uh, is. a lot of people. Oh, damn! I mean, we've only been doing this
0: show now for like you know nine years, but yeah, we'll figure it out one day. Like how to turn off devices, how to like you know start recording, and
2: <laughs> I know <laughs> I turned there. it on silent earlier. I swear, there. my phone is like putting itself back on vibrate. Uh, yeah, but uh, anyway. But- so I think that. Uh, you know, every year we do a theme, this thing, the theme this year was it's following me. It seems like people vote lower on games that don't follow the theme, even though the theme is kind of optional, but we didn't have a theme category, but I just happened to notice like if it didn't, if the game didn't really kind of adhere to that theme, it seemed like everyone would kind of take a point off. And there were games that were just fantastic that ranked lower than I would have expected and that's the only thing I could think of and it was kind of a pattern. So I think next year we might add a category for voting for like themes so that people don't feel like they have to kind of nerf other scores in order to to kind of balance that out.
1: But I get it though because if you're going into a game jam to create a game and and everybody votes on a theme then everybody kind of wants everyone to play by the same rules,
0: right? Yeah. I I think it's fair because I mean, looking at it from my own point of view, there were, there were games in there that I played that, that were submitted that I'm like, I don't understand how this fits the game and I don't recognize the name. So is this a person who just like randomly submitted to every game jam? Because Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a possibility Mm -hmm. and, and they don't, they don't care about what the theme is. So I mean, I feel like that, that it's a fair thing to say, like if the, if the, um, you know to if people discounted a game because of that
2: you know right. i mean yeah, just we had categories so the categories were like fun creativity and quirk and it's like you know if it didn't follow the theme does that make it less fun oh uh, that's a good yeah. point yeah so that's why i was kind of feeling iffy about it and i think we had some text on the page basically saying the theme is kind of a suggestion you know so follow it or don't you know
0: yeah i didn't realize that
2: yeah. So I, I think next year we'll just have a separate category for it. And that way, you know, if you want to make a game that you have an idea and it doesn't fit with the theme, like, just do it. And, uh, you know, hopefully people won't uh, kind of take it out on you on your other scores. Um, what did we get from the competition? I mean, we, we're doing this whole episode about it, but, um, for me, my favorite part was going through and actually compiling the footage that I took and like making the video, especially the montage. Cause, uh, I did this thing where, um, I did, uh, four games at a time, like on a screen. Yeah. And just seeing all the vibrant colors and the different art styles and the different sounds and the different style of games and, uh, just seeing like four to time, flash four to time, flash four times, you know, over and over and over again. It's just like, wow, there's a lot of new, really cool stuff that people put a lot of, you know, sweat and work into making something creative and fun, just to be creative and fun and learn something new, and it's just super cool.
0: But the takeaway is supposed to be that you learned something from this process, not that you made a video about oh, other people's stuff. Like that's supposed to be where you're supposed to get out of it, right?
2: I learned to never attempt to do art.
0: i thought you did some pretty good stuff man
2: i don't know i don't know kind of hurt myself it was um kind of agonizing and if i didn't like it and so it just like it kind of like i don't know it was uh it was a heavy weight
0: i mean it is a profession for a reason i'm just saying yeah yeah, but I mean,
1: that's actually interesting, though, because I would venture to say that's how the teams end up doing what they do, right? Like you have somebody yeah. that likes doing the game design, and then there's somebody that's really good at art and putting those two things together, you know, from two different people is, so, you know, learning that about yourself is good, right? Like, yeah. um, can you make a, a logo for a website? Sure. Is it going to take you 10 hours or it's going to take somebody else, you know, 20 minutes? Right. Yeah.
0: Do, are you going to enjoy it? I can make a yeah. logo. Now the question is, is it going to look good?
2: Right. <laughs> and the That's, answer is yeah. yes. I yeah. think it's a conflict of interest too, where it's like, uh, you know, if you're doing the programming and the art, like you kind of want to either hurry up with the art in order to get back to the programming and you just want to make it work. And so you do little shortcuts of the programming to make up for things. You don't feel like animating or doing whatever, or vice versa, where you're like, you, you kind of go in heavier on the art because, in, you know, you, so you're just competing, you know, back right. and forth. And so, yeah. It's kind of like with full stack and, you know, I've said this about like full stack development, you know, where it's like if you kind of are more interested in one area or, you know, maybe you're just kind of doing more of one thing. And if you have to pop over to the JavaScript, for example, or the CSS for five minutes to fix something while you're in a back end frame of mind, you know, it's like that kind of stinks.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Or you're like, okay, let me just pass it off to this other side of the other tier
2: of it and I'll do it there. Yeah, I'll do that later. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so a couple of questions I thought, and then uh, we'll get into some stats is, um, do you think that making the event longer, like more days in the event would have gotten more submissions or less?
0: I mean, Uh, you'd probably get more, but I think it kind of defeats the, the, the intent of the jam, like, because, you know, you, 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 okay, let's say you made it to span over two weekends, but I mean, I'm not going to take a week off to do a game no. jam. Right. No way. So I like the, the idea of like it being a three day thing where you like, you could just take a Friday off and have a long weekend and, you know, do this a uh, fun, challenging thing and learn something new while you're at it, you know? So, I yep. mean, I think the three day, uh, time is a good fit.
1: Yeah, I like the three to four too. I will say if you did have one that spanned two weekends, that gives people the ability to sleep on something and and come back to it, you know, which is mm-hmm. nice. But I don't know how many people would actually do that. Like how many people are gonna take two full weekends to do something and so yeah. I do think that the duration of three to four days is probably really good.
0: Yeah, I want it to be like an ACM competition, like it's quick. You know, it yeah. should be rough, unpolished, like Although some of these games are super polished, but you know, like, right. You, y- you should be hurried.
2: Yeah. I, I kind of like one thing I thought about doing, it was like, what if we said, okay, you have all of January to do it, but don't spend more than four hours or, you know, that's uh, I just pulled those the two numbers up.
0: Some of these games yeah, do in four hours. Could you imagine yeah, right. what we would get if you gave them a month? Just right. put it
1: on steam. Don't even submit it back to games. Yeah. Why would you even bother? <laughs> Exactly.
2: But yeah, it was, it was just kind of the, the idea. Like, I hate the idea that th- there were some people I heard of that were like, hey, uh, I'm going to visit my, you know, my uh, mother-in-law this weekend or, you know, my husband's birthday, whatever. So I can't do it on uh-huh. Saturday. So I'm not going to do it at all. And like that, it's like, that stinks. Like, I you know, I'd like to, them to be able to participate if they want to, regardless of whether they have plans that one weekend. So that kind of stunk. But there was something really cool about having it condensed. So people were all making the game at the same time. And then people were all voting at the same time. And it was having a shorter experience, I think, kept people in it together and kind of had that more of a community feel.
0: Yeah, I was going to say the camaraderie of it all because everybody's like in it together at the same time. So it's like a shared experience. Whereas if, if you had it spanning a weekend, like maybe you did all your work. Uh, this weekend, and I'm doing my work during the evenings during the week because I can't afford to do it on a weekend. There, it's not the same thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I, ultimately, that's where I ended up too. Is like, yeah, let's just leave it. Um, leave it as as it is because I'm really happy with the results. So right. you know, why mess with it? Uh, one thing I did consider doing this year uh, was uh, changing how long you got to vote, but the reason I didn't is because I didn't want to send out an email to say, "Hey, there's more time to vote." Uh, and, and I also noticed that there was also much m- a lot more of the voting happened early. It was kind of tailing off. So I hate the idea of people not playing all the games that they want to because, you know, they just ran out of time. And as we mentioned, it is a big commitment. So, you know, I was kind of torn on this. There was a week basically after the submission closed to to play all the games. And I felt like right. I had to rush to do it. that a yeah, okay, week man. feels
1: good. You have the next weekend to do it. Because like you said, I mean... When you tally up the amount of time just to play a game, you know, for 10 minutes each, you're already at over eight hours of time, right? Yep. So, yeah, I think I think the following weekend is probably good.
2: What if there were 100 submissions?
1: Good God. I mean, honestly, I don't think people are going to play all of them. Yeah,
2: you can't. No. Yeah, so I think, uh, it, you know, if we did get like a, you know, a double the event size or whatever last year, I think we'd have to do something like probably work with a few people to get some judges and kind of make sure that all the games are covered. All the games got played this year anyway, but it just have to probably be a little smarter about that because it's just not feasible for most right. people to play all 100 games or whatever. Right.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I don't know. That makes me feel like then, okay, a two-week window. You know? Yeah. Yeah at most.
2: Yeah, I think I would have been fine. Um The only the, the only downside about that is like it's kind of you lose a lot of steam after the event and so it's right. kind of like coming back to people two weeks later to say hey congrats you won or oh, you yeah. hear the rankings. It's kind of you've but moved the, on a bit.
0: The first jam last year though we didn't do a week to vote, right? It was just days, right? It was like you had a day or two.
2: It was oh no, it was 90s. definitely more than a couple of days. I think really? it was a week actually.
0: I thought it was like immediate. I thought like, like by that Monday or Tuesday after, you know, you had to like play and get your votes in. I remember I, remember, I remember really spending some time <laughs> yeah. after, after play, after submitting my game, like, Oh man, I forgot to like devote time to play.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. But Hey, uh, got a couple interesting stats. We'll blow through here real quick. Um, so language framework, uh, we asked people uh, so they could submit it, but also um, most people didn't submit a language or framework. So I just went through and like Unity's got a really uh, obvious splash screen if you uh, are on the free plan. And so uh, I was able to see that, you know, uh, I was able to fill in a lot of the blanks or uh, a lot of the engines had splash screens. So no surprise, uh, Unity was number one with uh, 32 of the 46 games. So that's uh, 70% roughly. Okay. Uh, Godot. I still want to rinse pronounce every time I see it. it looks like go dot. Uh, that was number two at five. I, I see
0: uh, so. Costco made it in there, so Alan will be happy. <laughs> that's what it yep. should be.
2: So uh, Unknown was five, and that's one of the moments where I just couldn't tell. So you know either they had a pro license or it was from scratch, or you know, who knows what it was. Uh, this is interesting. Three where uh, were marked as JS. One for sure I know was just vanilla JS. And like, we're going to talk about that one in a minute.
0: Like when you say vanilla JS, you mean as in like the framework?
2: No. Oh, <laughs> I just didn't mean JavaScript and HTML5, Canvas. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I'll spoil it. Uh, the game that did that was Ducks in Space. Really? Yeah. If, if you saw this game, I. Uh, I'm jumping ahead. We'll we'll talk about it in, in okay. depth. We'll talk okay. about the game in depth, but uh, yeah, it was really cool. And that was that was the um. Oh, I know that really one was cool. pure, yeah. Okay. And then uh, there were there were two others that I didn't know if they used the framework or not. I didn't uh, I didn't read up on them. Uh, lost my place here. And then finally, we had uh, one each uh, one submission each from G Develop, Cocos, and Construct.
0: Oh, it's not Costco, so I'm sorry, Alan. Yeah, sorry, Cocos, Cocos. <laughs> But
1: it's okay to be excited about it thinking that it might have been. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I know we've covered this on this show, but if you're new to this show and you happen to work for Costco, could you just like give Alan a discount or something like he loves Costco, he promotes it so much. Actually you don't even realize how much free promotion you get from Alan for Costco. Oh, they should give me a membership for sure. It's ridiculous. A membership. I think they owe you a little bit more than that by now.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, some other stats I went through and looked at, uh, how many games are 2d versus 3d, you know, some of this is kind of weird. Cause like you ever see this, uh, the no- notation of like 2.5d. So there's like a top spinning game, for example, is that 2d or 3d? It's like, well, it's using 3d objects. I counted that one as 3d, but by far definitely 2d. Um, so,
0: so you're making the distinction of if the player could move up, down, forward and back, like, uh, you know, like X, Y and Z axis kind of movements in
2: the game. So I actually uh, did it based on whether they were using like 3D models or sprites. Right. Oh. Yeah, because I know the one you're talking about, that spinner
1: one, that top spinner, that really was just an up and down thing, but it was spinning around a sphere
2: more or less. And the game I made, too, it only moves in two directions. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I was using your game as an example because like your game was almost like a side scroller and the player can only move up and down. It was 2D. Yeah. Yep. But, but, but yet it wasn't you had 3D. 3D no, he did. He definitely did have 3D models in, in it because I watched him draw it and make the art for it. And if you notice, like there was one of the ship types that he had that was like, it wasn't like the main boss, but there was one that had these, uh, it was almost like the wings floated around the ship. They spiraled around it. But, you know, if you were watching him do the development of that, you got to see like that 3D model. At different angles like it was definitely like the so that's why i'm making the distinction like there was definitely 3d models but the game was 2d right oh, not man. moving
2: in a 3d space why well, you got to bring up the low point <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I did, on that one? Okay. oh it's I'm so painful it trying to get the animation episode. to work
2: <laughs> and it was just like that was like oh it took me so long to get that stupid thing spinning i had such big plans i didn't do because i spent like forever trying to spin that thing around in the model like,
0: <laughs> but it looks so cool though it, i mean yeah, it, I it, it did come out. out really cool but that's where I was trying to make the distinction of like, when you say that, you know, uh, what did you say? How many games of it is now? It's like 34 were two dimensional. Yep. Like, you know, I don't, to me, I don't think it matters if you're, uh you know, have a three dimensional object versus a sprite, like f- to define it, the game as 3D or two dimensional. It depends on yep. like how the player interacts with the game world. Yeah, I think that's fair. And now I'm trying to think of like what you would count as a three dimensional game in there. I can think of a couple. Yeah, there
1: were there were a few. There was that one where you were like a ghost that was moving through. So it was almost. Whoa, whoa, ah, whoa, oh. Whoa, 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 oh yeah, whoa, sorry. All right, whoa.
2: yeah. There were a few <laughs> spoilers. Uh, open source, uh, five provided source, and you can see it by clicking through the game. So that's you know by obviously like a, a minority, and that's really hard to do with assets, and also just checking stuff in Unity. Um, depending on how you kind of check it in. Uh, I've noticed, like, if you download, you know, like, a get ignore file, for example, for Unity, uh, then it, by default, will leave in, like, um some of your, uh, like, third party, and when I say third party, like, a lot of times it's, like, just optional Unity extensions will end up in folders that get checked in in this packages directory, and it's massive, and it's a lot of, like, code and other stuff, like, you know, just CS files and uh, art assets that are, you know, free or permissive licensed, whatever, but uh, just end up. Being a real pain to kind of check in, you're like uploading a 200 gig uh, megabyte uh, repository, and it's you know <laughs> that's not even adding third party code yet somehow, or sorry, third party a- art assets. Hmm. So did you put yours up? Uh, no, I meant to, and I never got back to it. Uh, I totally could, but it was the same reason. It's just I, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't upload it.
0: Yeah, I was curious how like how you would have done the assets for that. Then like you know, because the audio that that would start bloating. A, a
2: repository and man the audio was so good though i wasn't trying to bring that up but <laughs> well it's funny um so you know i played obviously like certain parts of this game like the boss fight over and over and over and so i know uh you know there's like probably like uh so outlog recorded a bunch of different like sound effects or uh so like even uh if the if the boss got hit by an asteroid in the game for example uh it would say oh no or watch out or you know just a ver- variety of different sounds. And it would play it play them at random pitches. Sometimes it would be sped up, sometimes it'll be slow down, just kinda of add some variety. And so I've heard every combination, every permutation of the audio. Most people haven't. Uh, also the uh, you made um like guitar kind of songs or kind of oh, noises yeah. for when the player loses. Those were phenomenal. Those were some of my favorite uh sounds that you did. So good. Most people probably only heard, you know, two. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh there were probably ten of them. You know, and they're all phenomenal. So I, I hate little things like that. Like I hate people not seeing that, and it's so good.
0: I mean, it was the only thing I could do to contribute. It was uh, I was like happy to, to contribute, but that's not what I was bringing up. I was bringing up more like the idea of you know, you know, we've talked about like committing binaries to uh, a repo before, and you know, like audio assets to a game. Yeah. I'm like, well, I guess like this is an example of an exception where you would commit it because like for the same reason that you might commit images for your website to your repository then you would commit the the sound artifacts for your
2: game as well. Yep. Right. So they have uh Unity has uh, recommendations for setting up like GitFS and you can do that in GitHub and you just have to follow these instructions and or you could just not submit your source code.
1: <laughs> right, right. The easy so, way,
2: right? Yeah, do it in
1: Dropbox. There you go. This episode is sponsored by Datadog, the monitoring and analytics platform for cloud scale infrastructure
0: and applications. Datadog's machine learning based alerts, customizable dashboards and 450 plus vendor backed integrations makes it easy to unify desperate data sources and pivot between correlated metrics and events for faster troubleshooting.
2: You know, I heard about Datadog on uh, the news today as I was going to pick up my lunch because they had a phenomenal monster quarter. So I haven't seen what it's done to the stock price, but they're crushing it and they're crushing it because people love them because they help and they're happy to spend money with them because you get that money back uh, in other ways, either via observability, being able to keep things up, being able to, uh, you know, keep your customers safe, keep your data safe. And know what to do when things go wrong because that's – their whole business is helping you out. And it's super popular. And uh, not to mention that you uh, get super, super cute shirts for uh, creating a dashboard. <sighs> so by combining metrics, traces, and logs in one place, you can easily improve your application's performance.
0: Yeah, you, you stole my thunder, man. Like I was going to say, like, the reason why they're doing so good is totally the T-shirts. They have a super cute dog logo. Like, who doesn't love dogs, right? And when you sign up for Datadog, when you start your uh, free trial, your free 14-day trial, and you create that dashboard, you can receive a free t-shirt once you get the agent installed.
1: Yep. So go ahead and visit
0: datadoghq.com
1: slash codingblocks. Again, that's datadoghq.com slash codingblocks to see how you can unify your monitoring today.
0: Well, all right there, uh, partner. It's uh, time to leave us a review. If you haven't already, we'd greatly appreciate you. Some, uh, and, uh, you can find some helpful links there at wwwcodenblocksnet slash uh, review. And you can find some helpful links there. You know, Alan, our good buddy, Alan, he uh, updated our websites where you can find some helpful links there for Spotify as well. And, uh, you know, Spotify added the capability to where you can leave a podcast review. And, uh, yeah, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, going once. I was going to say, I was, gonna say <laughs> I, was, I was curious to see if anybody would catch the, the, like, uh, not announcer voice, uh, uh, auctioneer, auctioneer. Voice. auctioneer. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you yeah. go. All right. I mean, if we're going to like, you know, every, every episode now, if that's going to become a regular thing where we like trip it up with a new voice, then I figured, why not? Um, okay. So, uh, with that, it's time for my favorite portion of the show. Survey
2: says,
0: all right. So a few episodes back, we asked how many different data storage technologies do you use for your day job? And your choices were just the one and it is our hammer or two to three. It's a quaint little data pipeline or four or more. Oh my God. Why do we have so many or none? Keep your data crap out of my CSS. (laughs) All right, so uh, what episode is this? This is 178, so uh, according to, to Teteco's trademarked uh, rules of engagement, Joe, you are first. All
2: right, well, I think the answer is uh, two to three. I think well, I'm going to say most people have a database and they've either got a, well, I shouldn't explain, it. Alan hasn't guessed yet, but I'm just thinking they have some sort of cash or bucket thing going on, if nothing else.
0: Okay, man, okay.
1: What, what's your percentage? Crap.
2: Uh, what what are you going to pick? <laughs> uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you in a second. Oh, man. Uh, geez. 20,
0: 28%. 20%. Okay. Okay. So, wait. Math of a chicken strikes again.
2: <laughs> I, I, I meant to say
0: 28%. No, you already said 20. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Do you want it to be 28? I'll let it be 28 if that's what you really wanted it to be. I thought I said twenty eight, but I'm no. I I look twenty better. All right, so it's funny you said
1: what you said because it's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking, Uh, okay, everybody's got a database and they're going to have some like um, file or bucket storage somewhere, right? Like that. That's literally what I had in my mind. Um, And I hope nobody says one. So I'm going to go with two to three, and I'm going to go thirty five
0: percent because I'm I'm brave. Yeah. 35%. Okay. So uh Alan says two to 35 percent. Joe says two to three, either twenty percent or twenty eight percent. Yep. We have a winner. This rarely yeah. happens that you guys like there's a winner and someone didn't also go over. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll tell you later who won. Oh uh, no, I'm just kidding. Come on. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Alan won. Alan won. It was 41% of the vote. Wow. All right. So the next one was what? Just one? Just one and four or more were tied. I thought that was crazy. Four or more. But we also had some nuns. Don't forget we had some nuns. Uh Wait. What was the? uh, Not nuns as in the profession. Yeah. Right. None as in zero. Uh, paid to be I don't I it's mean profession. I, I guess know. you have to get something right like right. how could you survive yeah, food an outfit what if you found an out they, they made like you know like a whole bunch of money like you know would you like I'd be a nun yeah, yeah that's fine you? okay yeah sure all right
2: <laughs> it's not a profession it's a vocation
0: oh interesting yeah but they hey. get paid something right like I mean they have to survive nah man We've gone off the rails, though. Hey, what was the uh, second place percentage? (laughs) I mean, we can't get past this one, Alan. Uh, 26% for the other two. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, how about this? Why don't skeletons ride roller coasters? Bones. Skeletons are bones, you are correct there, but that's not the answer I was looking for.
1: I don't know. It seems like it should be obvious. I don't know. Uh,
2: bone bones have gotta be in it. Yeah. They don't have the stomach for have it. Bones.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I really thought that the way Alan was pondering it, I was like, he's gonna get it. Watch, watch, he's gonna pull this out of out of the hat. He's gonna get it. And then that he didn't.
2: was so disappointed. Yeah, right. I thought for sure it was going to have something to do with bones. <laughs>
0: all right. Well, uh, how about for this episode? We ask what percentage of time does your team devote to technical debt per release cycle? And your choices are 100%. It's all we do. I don't even know if we have customers <laughs> or 75 ish percent. We don't we don't care for new features. Or about 50%, we're equally slaying last release's technical debt while we introduce this release's technical debt. Or around 25%, we're accumulating technical debt faster than we're paying it off. Or roughly 10%, we've got too many new features to deliver to care. Or lastly, technical debt? Why would anyone address that? You'll completely rewrite the application before it comes due. Those those are so good.
2: This episode is sponsored by Shortcut. Have you ever been really, really happy with your project management tool? Most are either too simple for a growing engineering team to manage everything or too
0: complex for anyone to want to use them without constant prodding. Shortcut
1: is different though, because it's better. Shortcut is project management built specifically for software teams and they're fast, intuitive, flexible, and powerful.
2: Let's take a look at some of those highlights. Team-based workflows. Individual teams can use Shortcut's default workflows or customize them to match the way they work.
0: Organization-wide goals and roadmaps. The work in these workflows is automatically tied into larger company goals. It takes one click to move from a roadmap to a team's work to individual updates and vice versa. Tight version control integration. Whether you use GitHub, GitLab, or Bitbucket, Shortcut ties directly to them so you can update progress from the command line. They have a keyboard friendly interface. The
1: rest of Shortcut is just as keyboard friendly with their power bar, allowing you to do virtually
2: anything without touching your mouse. Let's talk about iterations planning. You can set weekly priorities and then let Shortcut run the schedule for you with accompanying burn down charts and other reporting.
0: Give it a try at shortcut.com slash coding box. Again, that's shortcut.com slash coding box. Shortcut, because you shouldn't have to project manage your project management.
2: All right. So uh, let's talk about the top games. And this is, uh, you know, kind of breaks my heart to to draw a line somewhere, but obviously we don't, we can't spend, it's 46 games we can't spend uh, all night talking about them, although I want to. Uh, so what I did here is I, I went and took the top five overall across the three categories that we mentioned, creativity, fun, and quirk, and ranked them in descending order. So we've got game five, I'll follow the four, and we'll lead up to the number one game across all categories. Then we'll go back through and swing through the top five of every category and kind of fill in any, any, any titles that were in those, uh, top five for those titles that we, categories that we didn't already talk about. We'll just, uh, thought it'd be fun just to kind of talk a little bit about the games and just kind of hear our perspective on it as like, you know, kind of coders and also just enjoyers of games. Uh, and so number five, uh, of top five was followers. And, uh, this one was the one that was done in construct. And it's the game, if you remember, uh, where you had two characters on the top half of the screen and the lower half of the screen. Wait, this, this one was, was G develop. Yeah, this was not Construct.
0: Yeah. What? Sorry yeah.
2: to interrupt you
0: there. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. G develop. It, it. Oh. But yeah, to, to finish what you were saying, two two levels that you're playing simultaneously. You're right. So so you have two characters in each world looks like a, it reminded me of like super Mario brothers uh, kind of graphics and whatnot. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was super, I, I really like, I loved that. Maybe, maybe that's a generational thing, but like it really did. Uh, yeah. I thought the graphics were great. And, and like Joe was saying, you're trying to use, you're trying to, to get to the end of the level for both Games simultaneously that you're playing, and you have to use the obstacles within the level to be able to sometimes control the character so that maybe you don't want one of the characters moving while you're trying to move the other one. Does that make sense? Does that sound like a fair way to describe it? Yes.
2: Yeah, so you hit left, they both move left. You know, you hit right, both right. You hit jump, they both jump. But the the problem is like sometimes there'll be an obstacle or something. So, you'll walk left and the top one will move because there's no obstacle. The bottom one will get stuck behind the obstacle. So, now they're almost kind of like out of sync on the screen. And you need to, to do that to collect the fruit that's in the level. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, it, you know, it's kind of this funny thing where it's like, okay, well, this person's going to hit spikes if I let them go. So, let me kind of arrange it so they get blocked by an obstacle. And then we'll have the top one jump. So, now they've separated a little bit and get the fruit. But now maybe one's... Too far to the right and ones to the left. So I kind of need to figure out how to get the two characters back kind of towards the middle so I can go on to the, the next level. So it is a really tough puzzle. <laughs>
0: Super clever take on yeah. the it follows me theme. I loved this game for that perspective, but yeah, you're right. From a challenge perspective, you got to put your thinking cap on to solve some of these levels. It, it was really well executed. Uh, you know, yeah, th- this, it's no, it's no wonder why it, it was one of the favorites, but challenging. And you know
1: the thing about it, what makes it, besides the fact that it is challenging, like it's not Flappy Bird, um, frustrating. Like mm-hmm. you, you can make progress, right? But the the controls are really good. They're simple. And they're very responsive, right? Like it's it feels right. Like if you've ever played a platformer and you hit the jump button and it doesn't quite, you don't jump as high or as far or whatever. This one feels right, and it makes it easy to play. But it's that it's that easy to play, hard to master thing, right? And and it gets a good a good mix of those.
2: Yeah, one of my favorite moments playing the game is earlier on. There's some platforms that kind of go left to right, and so I had like. You know, I was doing so good at, like, kind of getting through, getting through, and I had jumped, and, like, one of them actually ended up on the platform, <laughs> and the, the other uh, didn't. So, like, the, I'm watching the, the character, like, kind of on the top screen, like, you know, kind of, like, sliding away from me, <laughs> getting for kind of further out of sync. i like, oh, no. And then I, I, you know, so I was really careful, and I was watching them, and I was, like, going to get them to jump back to land. And, okay, the other character looks like it'd be all right I do the jump. And my other character managed to like jump into a spike in it. Cause I just wasn't paying as much attention to that one. And that was the kind of things where it's just twist your mind up. Cause you were like, it was easy to focus on the one you wanted to get the next piece of fruit and you would goof up the one you weren't paying attention to. Yeah. And
0: you had to be careful
2: like uh when your character jumped, because sometimes there'd be spikes
0: above your character. So you did, sometimes you didn't want one of the two characters to jump, but then you also had obstacles that you had to jump over sometimes like pits that you would have to jump over or like platforms that you'd have to jump onto. So you were constantly trying to, you know, deal with that. But there might be like one level where you're trying to jump a, a, you know, one of the characters up platforms while you don't want the other one jumping at all. Or, you know, you want to do it in a very controlled manner uh, because of the pits that are around him. Yeah. It was, it was a super fun game.
2: Yeah, and uh, actually, uh, I watched them this being streamed uh, over on YouTube, so I'm now following it. Uh, we'll have links uh, in the show notes with uh, Tom, Tomaz uh, Sariva. Uh, sorry if I butchered that, but yeah, super cool to, to kind of watch that coming into being, you know, and it, it seemed like he had the idea really early on and just uh, spent a lot of time on polish, making it feel good. And, and it's one of those things, like, as soon as you press one button, you're like, oh, I see what's going on here. Right. Yeah. It's and really it looks
1: cool. good, too, right? Like, it looks really good. It's charming.
2: Uh the next one is Nockem. knock Nockem was not playable in a browser unfortunately, but it was so good. What happened is uh, they used the uh, HDRP rendering pipeline. It's a uh, it's an option in Unity that like does really well for like kind of hyper realistic graphics. It looks really great, but it does not render to a browser. So I don't know if they didn't realize this when they started using uh the HDR the high definition r- rendering pipeline. Uh, but it's so yeah, you know, it didn't, I, I'm afraid that not a, uh, there. Were, I, I wish there were more people that played the game, um, but it doesn't matter because like everyone who played it, loved it and ranked it really highly and in this game. I, someone else has to describe it. So you're, you're trying to evolve.
0: You have bowling pins chasing you down while you're trying to collect pins or knock pins down and it reminded me. Some of the aspects of it were kind of had like a Burger Time feel to it. The way like that sounds weird because the two games are <laughs> nothing alike. But if you remember how Burger Time, like how the stuff moved, you know, yeah, that's that was the part that where like the way the the pins moved that reminded me of Burger Time. But yeah,
2: so you're kind of a bowling ball knocking over bowling pins. But the people in the bowling alley are pins, right? <laughs> So, it's, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to describe, but, like, everything about it is funny. Just like you like you mentioned, like, when you hit the, pole, the, the pens, they go flying, and uh, two other pens come out with, like, a stretcher and pick it up, and the sound's really great. It had this really cool, like, swing song going to it. So it's just, like, fun, fun, fun everywhere. Yeah. yeah so that was really cool.
1: Really well done. It's pretty.
0: I mean, it, it really is a good-looking game. Yeah, I do wonder, like, if they had uh, submitted... And as a web browser game, I wonder like how much uh, more votes they might have gotten or how many more plays they might have gotten as a result of that. So, I mean, that's like the, you know, the trade off you got to make, right?
2: Yep. So that was the only game that wasn't browser playable that uh, that did. not so it didn't have a lot of votes. But like like I said, everyone who played it loved it, including me. So,
0: yeah. And I mean, it, it made has, it in the top five. So that's yeah, something it's really good for a Absolutely. non-browser playable game.
2: Uh, now did you so we're moving on to uh number three now just down the hall uh this is the one where uh you this split screen but this time it was a uh, vertical split screen so your character is on the right running and jumping over obstacles and you have a shadow following you on the left hand side and uh so if you jump over like a table uh and the shadow would be a little bit farther behind you it would probably run into the the table so would jump and you would jump it a little bit behind you. So it kind of worked out in practice. Now, if you run into an obstacle like a TV or something in this room, uh, then the shadow would catch up and the TV also would get destroyed. So it wasn't going to run into the obstacle. So it's basically like, if you kept jumping perfectly, uh, then you would stay ahead of the shadow and get a higher score. But if you start missing jumps, then the shadow is going to catch up and game over. Well, it's important to note you, you control both players
0: yes yeah so so you could with the I know how to say this with the the primary player who character who's on the the right hand side of the screen you could jump over stuff and then purposely not jump over stuff as the the shadow, shadow character or you know maybe you want to like jump into something on purpose and so you could time it to where you do yeah. So you can try and slow down your shadow
1: and keep your front player running faster, but it, it's challenging. Like you're having to use a split brain to do it. Yeah. Uh, you're, I mean, you're just basically right
0: trying to run away from your shadow.
1: Yeah. Would be a it, It's fun. It. It's actually a lot of fun. I mean, it's super simple mechanics, but it's fun. It's, it's a neat idea. Yeah.
0: Yep.
2: And that, all the art was created for the game. Um, so, uh, I don't know if you noticed this. I actually didn't notice this the first time or two I played. But after you uh, get caught by the shadow, it kind of fades to black. And then it, there's this uh, you died screen that comes up afterwards. I didn't – somehow I missed the you died screen. But it has a really cool uh, picture of the character just, like, drawn much bigger. Where they're basically um, – it looks like they were just ran into an obstacle and the shadow caught up to them. And so, it's this cool picture of the main character, like, on the ground, like, about to be attacked by the shadow. And it's just really cool looking, uh, and sounds and everything it was just really, really well done.
0: Good. Stuff. Okay. Now I don't know if we should, uh, talk about like, f- you know, favoritism here. Oh yeah. <laughs> but this next one that we're about to talk about was up there for me. Without, if I could like not give favoritism, but also maybe give you a hint as where I might have lied, you know, where my where my thoughts might have uh, lied with it. Do you want to intro it?
2: No, you go, you take it.
0: Live and evil. Right away, just from the name alone, I I loved the play on like the you know one being the inverse of the other uh, of the game.
2: So they did a cool job with the logo too, that had both words and like one was kind of flipped and up to down. Uh,
0: I don't even remember that. I guess I, cause I guess you only see that what on like this splash do. screen. I don't remember it, but, um, this one you had level. Basically the idea of the game was there was always going to be like something that looked like a portal that you were trying to get to. And sometimes there might be like, um, like a little fireball that you'd have to get to enable it and, and, you know, get to that. And depending on if you're playing as live or evil, then, you know, the, the thing, the light in the portal that you're trying to go through might be bluish in color, or they might be red. And what would happen is, um, it was almost kind of like a stranger things, right? With the upside down. So live plays on top of all the, the stuff. And if you flip to evil, you're down below it. You're like literally upside down. You're the inverse of it. And you had to use the ability to flip between them sometimes to get to certain spots of the game. And there were parts of the, the, the map that only a certain character could even see and even like walk on. Right. Whereas like if you, if you were walking on it as live and then you flip to evil, you might just like fall through. Right. And so you had to use those kind of tricks you know, as your, as your tool to like figure out like how do I get through here? I need to jump from here to there, but I can't do it It's live. But if I flip to this as evil, then it's a simple fall, but I would never be able to jump that high as the other guy, as the other character. You know what I'm mm-hmm. am I saying? That right. I thought this was super clever, a super clever take on the theme. I, I just, there was so much polish about it. I, it was just, I loved this game. This
2: game is fun. This, yeah. this game's a lot of fun and, and it's cute yeah, yeah. and there's something kind of neat about like it's almost like you had to like use your evil half or your dark half in order to like you need to kind of balance it with the light in order to to make it through the level so there's almost like something kind of interesting about that you having to kind of like balance or you having to kind of follow uh in in order to make it through and so i, I don't know it was just cool yeah
0: i'm, I'm trying to remember like the Oh, I still don't see, like, where's the logo that you're talking about? Oh, it it's was at the on bottom the, of you the had to scroll, play. that's why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I never scrolled the page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, fine, be that way. Yeah,
1: the, this one is the kind of game that, that honestly, if it was on, on your iPhone or your, or your Android or whatever, you'd probably sit here and play this. This would be a perfect time waster that people would play all the time. It's It's that much fun.
2: Yeah, it's really great. And everyone who played it loved it. So that was number two uh, for overall. Uh, number one. And what i got to call out, first of all, is that this actually ranked number one in every category. <laughs> I mean, just a phenomenal game. And uh, this game is Light of the World. Uh, by, uh, it was submitted by Prodigal Sons Games, but also um, Drums was a collaborator on it. And if you, and if you look to at all the other games you'll see i should have said this too for pretty much all of them a phenomenal feedback like these these two guys were fantastic about going through playing the other games and like leaving really good feedback and and so it was really cool just to kind of see it like you leave a comment vote on a game and like see what other people wrote and they're constantly seeing them and uh, you know several others too like um leaving really great feedback for everybody so it's just really cool but uh this game like this is one of the cases where I talked about where it's like when something's really good, it's like almost hard to say anything about it other than to say, I mean, it's it's this 2D puzzle platformer. It's really got this atmospheric kind of dark um, kind of level going on with this cool, like these cool sounds. And uh, you've got these like light beacons that your character uh, goes to almost kind of recharge the shield of faith and then um, use the shield almost like Captain America style. You can kind of throw out and uh, use it to like kind of hit traps or whatever um, hit levers in order to make it through puzzles and you can recall the, the shield so it'll kind of bounce around until you tell it to come back which is such a cool mechanic and um I, i've seen uh so i've um prodigal sons if you remember last year there's a game where you had to fix robots and you would kind of mm-hmm. they're like 3d and so he's been at that game last year and i've been following him ever since and I've played several of those games throughout the year. And so I've kind of seen like the evolution and some of the the ideas like the and mechanics have kind of um, come along for rides in various kind of like know, various ways. Like the, uh, one of the games, uh, I think it was actually called Shield of Faith, h- had a similar shield mechanic, which is just super cool. And it was so neat to see it done here in a way that's kind of with the that know, solved the puzzles
0: i know they called it a, a shield in the game but it it seemed more like a a ball because especially with the bouncing yeah. like you know so like even as i was playing the game i never like would say like oh i gotta get the, the shield I, w- I would just like i always thought of it a, as a ball but like i thought the game artistically the game is phenomenal right mm-hmm. because you have this the 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 map world that is like super detailed, but then the character itself is like super eight bit. You know? So so like I love that aspect of the game because it kind of had this like old school vibe about it, right? But um you know, so yeah, so you're trying to figure out like how can I you know you have to the object of the game was like you had those those light sources and you had to get to those light sources before a uh, like a dark shadowy uh, kind of ghost type the figure Reaper. would yeah. a Grim Reaper, whatever would, would, would get you. So as soon as you got into the light, then that was good enough to make him go away. Right. But yep. sometimes getting to that light, there would be like these, uh, you know, like, you know, laser beams or whatever they were like, that were, they were blocking your path and you would have to use that shield to like turn off other, other, uh, you know, the 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 to turn that to turn that laser off so that you could get through the next corridor or wherever right and and some of them like the thing that was another one of the aspects about this game um and you know the this game was super good from like a creepy kind of point of view because the music to it like Mm -hmm. definitely like gave you that sense of urgency like Oh, I got it. I'm so close. Like, like you would kind of like, like you would get emotional about it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like y- you, you would. You're like, oh man, it's getting creepy. I can hear the music. Oh my god, I gotta go. So yeah, it yeah. Was, so it was super well polished, super well executed. That um, you know, I, I really enjoyed that game.
1: Yeah, y- you know, another thing I like about this particular game, other than the fact, I mean, it's truly it's done phenomenally well the backgrounds the foregrounds all of it is just so good and the music is really good but the developers really participated in the commenting right like when somebody would leave a comment they would write back or they would you know they'd have feedback as well like hey did you try this or whatever like this is i I think going back to what you guys were saying earlier about you know the duration of the game jam This is one of the things that why I think you do it over a four or five day period and you don't make it longer is because these people are dialed in, right? Like when somebody would leave feedback, they would come back. Like there's a whole bunch of comments back and forth on this. And it truly is an amazingly polished game. Controls are perfect. Everything's just, I mean, it feels right. The entire thing.
2: And you remember the sound it would make? Is a you kind of spent more time in the darkness, and you would hear the shadow coming, like kind of, mm-hmm. like, yeah. And then it would take this really cool swipe at you, but uh, the swipe was slow enough that like you could see it like swinging for you. And if you made it to the light just in time, and it would just instantly disappear, good. like you just yeah. made it. And so it kind of even played with like it kind of had these themes where it's like it almost felt like the longer you spent in darkness it was either like your own self doubts or you know you're like it just it, it played with these kind of like uh some interesting symbology and kind of themes around like this kind of notion too where you know kind of uh it just played really nicely and there were a lot of times where I had to kind of decide like. Oh, no, I don't know if I'm going to be able to solve this enough puzzle in time. Do I try to run back to the last light right. beacon or right. do I try to rush and go forward? And so the, it just left you with these really interesting decisions to make all the time.
0: Oh, I did that so many times, man, where yeah. I'm like, I there's no way. I don't know how to get to the next one yet. And I would try things and then I'm like, okay, let me rush back to my, my home base, right? Like that. that's kind of what I would call it. Like, let me get back to home base so I can be safe. I mean, it's like study the screen a little bit. Like, okay, what if I use the shield? Can I bounce the shield? Because the shield, like you could get it to where it would bounce back and forth in a given area. Yep. Sometimes. Sometimes there wasn't enough space for that. So there would be some portions of the map where you would want to like just have the shield bounce back and forth. But instead, because the distance was so great, it would just automatically come back to you. And you're like, no, I don't know how to do this then. Like And you would
1: like really have to th- struggle and think through it. Hey, so I don't know if you guys noticed or not, but I think just showing how uh, polished these guys were—guys, gals—I don't, I don't know who they yes. were. Uh, two guys were that did this. Like, if you go to the game page, like first off, there's a couple of things, right? Like, they have a little YouTube video that shows the game being played, which is nice, right? Like, this is like an advertisement for the game. So, if you're curious, you don't even have to play it; you can just do that. But What's even more interesting is they show their assets, right? Like you can go down and you can, you can look at the player assets. You can look at the, um, enemy assets. So like that thing that he was talking about, that wraith in the back that takes a swipe at you, like they show the animations and stuff in here. And it's, it's really cool. So as somebody that might be wanting to get into some sort of game development, you can kind of see a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff in how the game was even put together. Right. Um, without even looking at the code or anything, just looking at the various pieces that got brought together, it's, uh, they did a, an amazing job of of laying out the bits and pieces that they did. Even Even if you can't even see the code, even if there's no repo to go look at here, you can see how they put all these together to make it work.
2: Did a really good job of ramping you up, too. So, like, the the first puzzle was really easy. I think you just had to jump. And the second one, you throw a switch. And the third one, now you have to throw a switch, but you have to move a little faster or whatever. So, like, every every um, step of the way, it was, like, kind of, like, teaching you how to play it. So, it's paced really well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Th- th- this one's just fun. Th- this is an amazing job all the way around from from the actual implementation of it to sharing with what they did to make it happen that that's yeah. just awesome
0: i mean this goes back to one of the things we talked about last year with the submissions though is the like some of the games even the submission page itself which is kind of to your point was amazing right and like mm-hmm. this one was an example like where it's like hey here's the controls and it like lays out like here's all the different movements you can do here's all the different ways that you can do those different movements right it's super, super well-polished submission page that took some time to put together. I, yeah. My page was
2: terrible, by the way.
0: <laughs> well,
1: I think that was one of your call-outs last year, Outlaw, was the fact that you wish you had spent more time on that page. And, yep. and it's because that's where you kind of make everything come together, right? Like anybody yeah. that has questions about what you've done, that's where you give them everything.
0: Yeah. I mean, last, last year I didn't know that that was even a thing. So I just thought like, okay, you submit your game and you know, that's it done. done, Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like here's, here's some details about the game. And I just assumed that like uh, once you did that, then there would be like this uh, like standard kind of presentation of the game, which I mean there can be, but there can also be like super extremely like themed and polished pages, you know, that, and, and some of these games are like that.
1: Yep. Hey, and hey, I so look. before we go into any of the other ones that you have on the list here, I have to call out Dave Follett's game, the missile versus tank. Yes. Uh, because I I actually had fun with this game only because my whole goal was to see how far I could run the time up without actually doing anything. And so, <laughs> it's not the goal of the game, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was actually a lot of fun because I would try and figure out how to get the missile stuck behind some wall yeah <laughs> and it was it was a blast
2: yeah you know, my favorite thing about his game is um the missile would push you <laughs> yeah if you ran out of time so it wouldn't explode so it would stop the timer and it would just kind of push you and so like I, I had a lot of fun just like i arranged it so it would just push me across the screen you know like and off the off the edge which was, it was just really cool
1: so i actually did like the fact that you could drive out of bounds <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it was
0: just awesome you yeah. can't see it but you're still running away so what's your time up to then
2: alan
1: uh, I stopped it. Uh, I think my computer was going to melt at some point.
2: Oh, you're n- you're not still <laughs> playing? Okay. Uh, should i should say pl- uh, super huge thanks to super good Dave Phillips because uh, I, like he was the inspiration behind this whole thing last year. And it was very instrumental in like helping to kind of decide like various rules and themes and how to just set this whole thing up. And same thing is here. So I constantly would go back to him with like questions about like, do you think I should change the time or like, what does the page look like to you? And it's just uh, a really large help there. And so a uh, huge thanks again, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. And your game's fun too. Yes. Uh, So we so we talked about um, the top five uh, rated and and so now we're going to fill in the blanks. Uh, So the fun category, there was one game uh, that was ranked in the top five of fun that we haven't talked about yet. And it was the path alone. Did you all have a chance to play this one?
0: Yes, this is the one where to me, I play too much Overwatch. Uh So this is the one where it looked like Roadhog got you at the end. I do not play
2: this one. Nope. Wait, no, That's this is this a different game.
0: Oh, nope. oh, this is the block game where you had this was the puzzle game. OK, I know the one I know this. I remember this one. Now you had to, like, move blocks around in order to, like, figure out how to get to uh, like to, to deliver something to another animal.
2: Yep. So it'd be like the silhouette of something that would say, like, you know, I need a light and you would go and grab uh, a torch, and come back and, whoa, it's a polar bear. And it would give you something, uh, you know, uh, like a, in this case, it was a torch that got you passed the first level that would, uh, help you in the, your next journey. So the next level you go, and, uh, I forgot what the message was, but it was, uh, it was like a bird that needed its feather. And so you would go and get its feather, and by the time you brought it back to the feather, it would give you some new ability. So it it had this cool ability to – the game had this cool kind of ramping up thing where um, every level you got some new ability. So the next puzzle now, instead of just being able to see where you're going, uh, now you would also be able to push the box. Now you would also be able to jump. Now you'd also be able to reset time or whatever. So by the time you got through the end of the game, you had like four or five different abilities – that were gifted to you slowly and you got a chance to explore each one before finally in the last level you had to use like all of them. So it had a really nice pace and it had this, um, really cool atmosphere, like music and kind of moody lighting. So I could actually like imagine the music playing right now. It had this cool, like kind of like almost like heartbeat kind of, um, music and, uh, the art style was like the animals looked really cool. And the the main character was like this, it it, like, it looks like a human. (laughs) I'm not sure that it is. So it was just like this kind of uh, creepy little thing that was just neat, and uh, I don't know the the way that the character spoke to you like these kind of animals like sh- like hidden in darkness somewhere in the level uh, was really cool. Oh,
0: I remember the one I'm thinking of. I think it was the. I, uh, let me see if we're going to talk about it. Oh, okay, it's, it wasn't on your list. Is it the megalophobia? Yep, that's the that's the one I was thinking of that looked like. Um, Roadhog gets
2: yeah. you at the end. and it, I mean it gets you. Yeah, it does. Yeah.
0: That that one, I mean it's not on your list here, but uh for those who didn't play this game, basically you're trying to like run from one campfire to the next campfire. And uh, I'm trying to remember like how, but at the at some point there would be these spiders that you weren't expecting that would they would come out of nowhere <laughs> and yeah. they would scare the bejesus out of you because they would just scream. And then, and then there was this like giant, uh, it, it reminded me of Roadhog from Overwatch, but it was like a, I don't know, how would you describe it? It looked kind of like a pig, a giant pig, except it was also like super big in comparison to your character. So it was like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man size, you know, relatively speaking to you, you know? And yet, if you, so if you lost, if it caught you, then like it would pick you up and it would eat you. But yet you had the perspective of like watching yourself go into the, the <laughs> mouth of the the
2: beast. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that now that was hard. You had to find like the bullets in order to get the gun in order to, to shoot the thing. But the spiders like you would be like there were uh, times when you had to like hurry to the next campfire like, or else you would freeze and so you'd be running and then you'd see this there's a spider in your path. You're like, oh, do I have time to run around it cuz the spider screams sort of it's really scary and then the yeah, yeah. the monster would come.
0: Ooh. Oh, oh, the the scare the scare factor on that
2: one was high. Yeah. <laughs> uh so moving on to creativity, uh one of our other categories, there were two games that ranked in the top 5 of creativity that we haven't talked about. Uh one is what am I supposed to do? Which this one we talked about before we recorded the show is like you're like a, a little knight or maybe a ninja uh running from left to right and you're being followed by this windy monstrosity, this big like, tornado thing that's going to gobble you up. And you don't directly control the character, but you do have the ability to like drag and drop or uh, later you could hear it, hit one of the keys, one, two, or three, in order to place an item in the level in front of the character. So you would drop a sword in front of the character and it would pick it up and slash it right in front of it. So if you drop the sword in front of some blocks, it would slash the blocks and then it wouldn't have to run through it or wouldn't get stuck. Or later you could drop like a feather and it would jump or you could drop like a, a bridge kind of and it would uh, be able to, to pass. And later levels got really crazy and we uh, would get into parts where it was giving you random items. So I think there are times where you probably just got it out of luck and you wouldn't be able to be, uh, finish a level with the random items that you got. But you would use one. Used to, and then maybe eventually, like the one of the ones that spots that you had already used would kind of regenerate, and so you'd get another random item. And so it was just really fast and frantic, and it kind of felt a little bit like a puzzle game, but it was also really fast paced. So you had to be really precise with how you're dropping things.
0: You had to pay attention too to like what things were in like what spot, or you know, because you had these like three slots for the things, but like you know, from one attempt of the game to the next attempt, they weren't always in the same position. yeah. So you couldn't just like muscle memory your way through it, you know, like, mm. like super Mario brothers back in the day. Right. And do like a super speed run because you had to pay attention to like, where are the things? what, well, like, you know, where was the sword, you know? Yep. That you know, what's weird about this one to me is it's actually really
1: pretty. Mm-hmm. Like the, the game looks, the backgrounds are gorgeous and, and the music, whether it's your flavor or not is actually really well done. Yeah the controls are frustrating um and i think that if the controls had been better this probably would have moved up in, yeah in you have to term- be
2: really fast about like dropping it where and yeah, so it's, it's kind of stink if you're like oh i got to get the sword here and oh i just missed it and i have to right. do it again you
1: have to restart the whole level but i mean it's actually it's pretty polished like it's it's a pretty mm-hmm. game it's got a very japanese anime type style to it
2: yeah the music was very like kind of like this uh just cool driving music that was mm-hmm. very intense and it would just yeah. roll the whole time so you you always felt like you're on your toes.
1: I mean the, the quality of these are are pretty
2: impressive. Yeah, huh. absolutely.
0: All of the games were
2: So here this is the game I actually accused of, Outlaw of making this one because it seems like something he would do. Uh this is <laughs> it follows me. Remember the theme was uh was It's following me. And so in this game, the the theme uh, literally was if it, it follows me, it follows me. So it would show you a pair of words and you had to thumbs up it or thumbs down it based on whether the first word had the word me in it somewhere. And the second word had the word it in it. So get it. It follows me. And you had three seconds per word combination to say yes or no. If you get it wrong, game over.
0: I guess technically the theme was it's following me, but yeah, it's follow it follows me. So this was like a super, you know, like totally unique take on the game. Nobody else came up with this kind of game, which you think like, okay, that sounds super simple, right? Like, you know, just two words and, you know, does the first word have me and the, and the second word have it somewhere in the spelling of those two words, right? And you're going to like thumbs up or thumbs down it. But you gotta be quick about those thumbs up and thumbs up. Like it sounds, it sounds easy enough. But you'd be surprised; like it does get kind of challenging to do.
2: Yeah, it's something like your brain sees two words and it wants to like make them into a sentence that makes sense. Like you don't see a collection of letters. Like you see like blig blap. Like what the heck? oh yeah. times over. So you're like you're you're still trying to reconcile like the meaning of these two strange words that like wouldn't normally be paired together. And yeah, in the meantime, the timer's run out.
0: Yeah, it was it was it, fun. Was, it was just such a simple wordplay game that perfectly fit the theme of the game, of the game jam. Yep. That nobody else did anything even remotely close because like you could say all of the other games that we did is like as as amazing as they all were, like they all like work kind of the same thing like in one way or another something's following something right and this was the only one that was completely different while also while also
2: honoring the theme of the game jam
0: yeah it's fun too
2: yeah i talked with uh, mike rg a little bit about this he uh uh submitted uh, a couple theme suggestions and one of them was electric boogaloo like game jam 2 electric boogaloo and i thought that was such a fun theme Because it really kind of paints a, like a funny picture in your head for a theme while also not really instructing you what kind of game to make. So I I think next year I'm going to add some more, um, some more theme submissions that are like less action oriented and maybe something like the 80s or. Uh, oh. so just you know something like that because like imagine if the theme was the 80s right you'd see a lot of different kinds of games it wouldn't be a lot of like kind of follower games and i think that might be interesting just to see the the variety that comes forth from that
0: yeah a lot of like gta vice city type games now is what i envision
2: hey, hey maybe a lot of hot pink <laughs> yeah neon colors yeah neon clear uh ferrari Testerosas and yeah yeah uh, so we got two more games to talk about. Um, this is the quirk ca- category, and you know, in retrospect, like creativity and quirk are kind of s- like oddly similar, and and so it's kind of like yeah, I don't love yeah. the category, so we'll talk about that later. But um, the first game here. <clears throat> Hold on, let me get a drink of water. Yeah, you're gonna need it because this title is amazing. <laughs> the title is, "I became a treasure hunter to pay off my student debt." But now an immortal snail is coming after me with a knife. (laughs) And you're like, but wait, what's the game about? (laughs) Yeah. So this, by the way, this title blew out like every, like if I had a spreadsheet, (laughs) totally unusable title. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was like there were a couple other pages where things were like listed or whatever and like it would totally like ruin the like the the formatting on the page and itch for like the submissions page and stuff so sometimes they would truncate it with dot 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 and sometimes they wouldn't so it was just like the whole page layout would be screwed up it was awesome
0: well even like yeah even on the game the game uh submission page for it when you click on it like my page is scrolling i gotta scroll to the right to see the full button to
2: click yeah. the button yeah, didn't get the same thing where I'm like, "How do I play?" cuz I I shrunk up my screen to record it. And so I was like, "I don't see how to start this thing." <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so this game, uh, you are a character uh running around trying to collect some uh some, like treasure bags and you've got this really slow snail with a knife coming after you. And so you go around, it's kind of like a it's a small maze and there's a couple of little um easter eggs in the maze. I don't know if you saw this like a smiley face and uh, there's something else I thought I saw. Um but the snail speeds up with every tra- every treasure that you pick up. So the first time I was playing, I was like, well, this is easy. And I <laughs> started getting near the like the last bags. And this snail comes flying up out of nowhere. Like, ah! And so, uh, you know, of course, I, I realized what was going on there. So I tried to plan my route a little bit. But it got really hard to get that last treasure. So it was really fun to play. And it was just uh, such a cool title. And just everything felt fun about it.
0: Unfortunately, this one takes some patience, though uh i mean they have a warning they have a warning in there that it takes time to load up
2: yeah that was weird i don't know why that was why it it, it wasn't like it had a bunch of stuff going on so yeah i was curious about that but yeah i actually thought uh my browser was crashing or something at first oh yeah like for me
0: on on my computer it would uh you know i would get messages from chrome that hey
2: uh you want to kill it (laughs) Yeah. yeah Yes, I don't know. This, but yeah, once, it, once it got running, it was fine. And then it would be cached uh, afterwards. Yeah. I-, I love the title of it, though. I'm
0: going to assume that they're not bitter.
2: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> so the last one to talk about in the quirk category was Ducks in Space. And this is the one we kind of mentioned earlier. So in this one, it's like a snake kind of game, like you remember on the Nokia, mm-hmm. where you you play like uh, this uh, duck. And you go around and you collect little ducklings that follow you. And if you run into your own tail, like if you run into one of the ducklings by, you know, because your tail gets so long, then, uh, then you game over. But what was amazing about this game, it felt really different is, uh, it had this really cool, like 3D kind of spherical planet that, um, that you would kind of swim around. And it just felt really cool and it looked really good. And uh the atmosphere and the music was really good. It had this like kind of p- peaceful classical music, uh that I can't remember uh any it's like a famous classical song that uh just felt really good. And it just looked so neat. And there was these these cool herons that would try to pick off your ducklings too. So <laughs> you'd be like leading these things around, you know, trying not to run into your own tail, swimming around these beautiful looking like lily pads and this kind of cool looking planet in space, and then crunch the uh heron. <laughs> Grab one of your ducklings. Like, oh, no. Um, so it was a really cool taking. You know, like saying it's a snake-like game does not do it justice because it just looks so cool and it sounds so cool. Um, the graphics were amazing. So it was just a really neat game. This is the one that you said was done with JavaScript, right? Yeah. So JavaScript and HTML5, you know, Canvas. So no Unity, no nothing. And it had this beautiful 3D spinning planet. <laughs> You know, Oh it, the whole game was very 3D. good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Y-
0: you can get dizzy from, yeah. <laughs> from this.
1: Yeah. Cause the world spins around on you while you're doing it. I'm playing it while I'm actually trying to paint. Oh attention. yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like your, your perspective of the, on the globe is constantly changing as you're rolling around the globe. And you're like, wait, what do you mean? Cause I'm like, well, sometimes you're going like say South on the globe, but then you get to a point to where like the whole globe spins around. And now, you're like still moving technically relative to the globe, the same perspective, but now you're going up, like you're going north suddenly or, you know, east or west. Like, so like you, you you can get a little, uh, I think that, I think if you were to be sensitive to like games that are like hyper, Motion or whatever, like you you get motion sickness from it. Yeah, you
1: could get sick. This would be like putting on virtual reality and and going down a roller coaster.
0: Yeah. This is this game though is beautiful, though. Like the mechanics Mm -hmm. of it to think that this was just done in straight up canvas, HTML5, JavaScript, no framework. It's good, man. Yeah, it's crazy. That is that is seriously impressive when you see just to see the pictures of the game. And it's mm-hmm. smooth. I mean, yeah. the, it is so fluid. Yep.
2: Yeah, really cool. So, it, uh, and there's um, some really nice audio too. So it just uh, really makes some great use out of what a browser can do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Things have come a long way. Yep.
2: And uh, there wasn't like a category for like technically interesting or anything. You know, this is uh, just a really quirky game. It's very different. Like it. You know, it didn't. No other games looked anything like it like yeah. remotely.
0: All right. Well, for the resources we like, I guess we'll just have a bunch of links to the games. Yeah,
2: yeah, we'll have a ton
0: of that links. That makes and, the most sense.
2: Yep. And uh, we, remember, we've got a video too. So we've got a, a video you can watch. so You can actually see all the games. Uh, so and we'll. Uh, I did spend some time actually talking about the, the games that we just talked about here too. But um, you can scroll to like the two minute mark or something or three minute mark and to see like that montage. And it's got all the music playing, so it's got this uh, kind of hectic vibe to the video that was kind of fun. Um. So, yeah, and, and some. I, I mean, everything just looks and sounds amazing. So, got to go watch it. So you got two
0: game jams behind you now. So, do you want to be a game developer when you grow up, or or no? Oh yeah, yeah.
2: I I wish that the environment and pay was better for uh, game developing. It's game It's such a punishing you know, subdivision of our field. You know, it is. Uh, it's unfortunate. So.
0: Yeah. Not me though. I, I, I'm not into it. I'm not, no, I started a new business making yachts in my attic this year. So <laughs> the sales are going through the roof. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Very nice. I think you missed your calling in foley though. So. What are you talking
0: about? I, I was being serious. What's so funny? That yeah. was, that was excellent. Well delivered, <laughs> sir. Yeah, I kind of set him up there. I'm like, do you want to be a game developer? I was like, oh, come on. Let me let this work out. Let this work out. All right. Well, uh, with that, how about that? Well, with that, we will head into Alan's favorite portion of the show. It's the tip of the week. All right. Okay. So in this one,
1: because I couldn't think of anything that I'd done that made any sense this past week, I went into our Slack channel, which if you are not a part of, you should be. You can go to codingblocks.net slash slack, and you can sign yourself in there if you'd like. Um, But I've got to throw out a few here from Simon Barker, who got mentioned several times in the past couple episodes for just putting amazing stuff out there, right? And he had one post in the tips channel that just he had a ton of them in there. And so I, I picked a couple of them out. Um, so the first one are there, there's this website called flaticon.com. Well, there's just tons of free use icons that you can download. So if you have any apps or games or anything that you want to, um, develop and you need some icons for it, this is a great place to get them. And then there was another one that Simon had on there. And, uh, I was going to share because I think Scott was like, this one has to be a tip of the week. Um, so I put it in here. This is, uh, uh name, a name, a dev. So it's N a M a E dot is the website. And basically if you have an app that you're building and you just can't think of a cool name for it, you can come up here and type it in like cool app and then hit search or whatever. And it will come up with all these names that that are just a nice little spin on it, like Cool Appify or Cool App Sensei, like Go Cool App. So it's just a way to get some ideas. Like if, if your brain is stuck in developer mode and you can't be creative, um, this might be a good way to get something out there. So um, both
2: really cool tips. It's it also ex- checks what's available.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, that's the thing is they'll tell you like the domains, the GitHub, uh, the Twitter, right. NPM. So like it's suggesting coding blocksly, <laughs> But good. it knows us well. So one of the other ones that it threw out there was coding blocks ML. Ah. Hey, nice.
2: Good. All right. Well, I didn't realize that Alan was going to talk about Simon, uh, because I also was going to talk about Simon <laughs> again. This is awkward. Yep. <laughs> yeah. so Simon Barker, uh, you know, uh got about town. Everyone's talking about him lately. Uh he uh had a podcast that I had missed somewhere along the way, but then he rebranded it as All Code. And his uh he's going solo. He's uh well, going he's got a, a bunch of stuff planned uh that you should follow along with. But in uh his newly rebranded podcast, he's going to be talking to developers of all levels, so beginners uh you know, hardened veterans, whatever about uh, all sorts of stuff, and I've listened to a couple episodes. Great stuff. Uh, definitely got to recommend. Let me see which episode is it. Ah, uh, back in, in July of 2021, he anal- interviewed uh, Nicholas uh, Markora, which I remember I've talked about several times with the QIT, uh, also known as a MVP, a minimum viable person in the Slack. Uh, so definitely got to check out that episode and make sure to smash that uh, like and subscribe. So it's going to be a great ride. All right. Well, here comes the third one. <laughs>
0: Let's go for three. Uh Yeah. So, so he had another one in there also in this list where he was talking about like uh, for, for specific to cron tabs, but I, I actually have a better one for him on that. So he had this like link on there where you could like understand your cron tab formats and like, you know, experiment with it and it would tell you like what it was and whatnot. But there's a there's a much cooler one that I've liked over the years called crontab.guru. dot guru. That is the URL. Dot guru is a top level domain. And if you go there, Ooh, you can this is good. Yeah, you have this pretty little website and you can actually play around in that field, you know, in that text box and start uh you know, changing stuff around and it'll give you a sentence at the top to tell you like what it is. So it starts out with like five, four, splat, splat, splat. But let's say you did, you changed the first five to be like splat slash five, right? It'll change the sentence at the top to say at every fifth minute uh, past hour four, right? Right. To, you know, of what's going to happen. So it, it, as well as like, it has the, uh, you know, cron tab, just information to be like, you know, which one, which field, which one of these is the, the minute, which one of these is the day of the, the month. Cause I don't know about you, like as many times as I've edited cron tabs over the years, I'm still like, wait, which field was, which again, I don't know why I can't remember this for the life of me. So and I don't have to, cause I have cron tab guru. So yeah, So that's mine. So, um, excellent. With that, I will close with RIP boiled water. You will be missed. (laughs) (laughs) I love when I get Alan, like that. It's just just so cheerful. Some of them were really good. that's, (laughs) That's amazing. All right. So, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, you know, wherever you like to find your podcast in case of a friend, like, you know, said, Hey, you got to check out the craziness that these guys say. Uh, you know, you can find us wherever you like to listen to your podcast. And if you haven't already, you can find some helpful links at www.codingblocks.net slash review so that you could, uh, you know, leave us a review. We would greatly appreciate it.
1: Yep, and as always, definitely check out the website codingblocks.net. This one would be slash episode one seventy eight. Um, if you want to go check out the links to go directly to some of these amazing games that we talked about tonight, um, and if you have any questions, feedback, rants, whatever, uh, head over to our Slack channel at codingblocks.net/slash-slack. And you were muted, Jay Z geez
2: i almost did the whole thing without me <laughs> uh, we got a twitter i mean geez coding blocks or you can go to codingblocks.net and find links at the top probably there's are a mute button you there's gotta find you right. all the dillies are up there all, all
0: the dillies and i guess pretty soon we're gonna have to have a dilly for itch io at some point that's
1: right yep. oh, i yep. think so we should we should put one up there
2: yep